Okay. All right. This thing is recording. Uh, uh, welcome. And uh, who are you? Uh, Trey, I'm Dan Schmidt. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome, Dan. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, uh, when was the last time you rode? Uh, yesterday. What'd you, uh, what'd you do? What'd um, you do? I did a ride from the west end of Henrico to Ashland. Oh, so nice. I'm just coming off uh, hip replacement surgery about right. seven yeah. weeks ago. So it's, I got back on my bike two weeks ago okay. uh, and did a 10-mile ride, and that seemed to be okay. And then I did like a 12-mile ride. These are all on the Capitol Trail, yeah. just just spinning the pedals. Yeah. And so I've been building up. And uh, so yesterday was 37. Okay. And I, uh, I'm a little sore today, but but I feel pretty good. So awesome. I'm, I'm very encouraged. Awesome. Awesome. The, so, so recovery is going well. Great. Yep. Awesome. Fantastic. Okay. Um, so we're here to talk about the biking. Um, right. A little bit. Um, uh, how'd you get into to riding? I know it's been a while. Well, like, uh, like most people probably, um, uh, my dad bought me a, a bike when I was seven, uh, an old beater. Yeah. I, I remember it was a, just a, uh, it was a black bike, uh, used with big old fenders. And, uh, we lived on a, uh, like a quiet neighborhood block. And he told me to sit on it, and he, no training wheels or anything, of course, and yeah. he just pushed me. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and so I took a left turn around the corner, yeah. and barely stayed upright, uh, went, uh, went one block, and, and I had to take another left turn, yeah. and, uh, you know, and I uh, went face down. Uh, really? <laughs> and I remember, you know, because I was, I was scraped up pretty good, jumping up and just running home screaming. Yeah. <laughs> And so he got me back on the bike, pushed me again, and, and I think I made it all the way around the uh, the you block. Around and, the second time, and, okay. And from then it was, you know, it was, you know, it's been love, you know, yeah. From that point on. Um, did you ask for the bike, or did he just he just brought you one? Um, I think he just brought it home. Okay. Uh, he just brought it home, and then and then you know uh, I think um, when I first started riding uh, with any seriousness or. Um, was probably in high school. Okay. Uh, I remember getting a 10 speed, my Ooh. first 10 speed. Okay. Um, from D's bicycle shop on, um, on Forest Hill Avenue. Oh, I was here. And, okay. Yeah. And it was, um, it was purple. Yeah. And, uh, I'm a big Minnesota Vikings fan, which, yeah. you know, they're, they're purple. So as soon as I saw this bike, I had to have it. Yeah. And so, uh, so I got the bike in high school and, and started riding it. Okay. And so so from that point was when my riding. Uh, now were you just like started. so so in your high school you had this bike? Are you um, like just riding with friends? Or are you just riding around town? Like what, what's your you mostly like, riding by myself? Okay. You know I I, I um, when I was a kid I mowed a lot of grass, mm-hmm. a, a lot of lawns, and um, uh, <laughs> I remember. Um, I never, I think I appreciated the concept of compound interest from <laughs> banks at an early age mm-hmm. because whenever I got that $10 or $15 yeah. cash in my hand, yeah. I would jump on my bike mm-hmm. and ride up Huguenot Road. Mm-hmm. It was about two and a half, three miles to Citizens Bank. Okay. And, and I had a passbook savings account. Yeah. And, uh, and I would deposit that, that $10. <laughs> In my passbook savings, and I made that trip probably five or six times a week. Yeah, because I would not let money sit in sit sit at home. Right. I had to have it in the bank because 
because yeah, you know, I would see that right. ten see cents interest coming, mm-hmm. uh, fifteen cents the next month. It's like this is cool. That money's got to get in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's that, that. That was most of my miles. Okay, financially motivated. Okay, exactly. yeah, um, that's cool. Um, <laughs> frequent trips to the bank. Um, so you you you're riding in high school, some uh, a bit you know solo, right? Doing right. your own kind of rides. Um, and where does it go? Like post post high school, do you? How does it? How does your riding? So the, so from that point, from high school, um, probably from a eleventh grade on, it it, um, it pretty much evaporated for ten to twelve years. Okay. I was a basketball player. Okay. I was a, I was a high school basketball player. Um, yeah, I was a, a completely into basketball. Okay. And uh, and then. Uh, uh, I played at Randolph Macon College mm-hmm. uh, for okay. four years. Okay, and uh, you had a nice career there. Um, but you know, when you're when you play college basketball, that's that's really about all you do. It's all you do, yeah. You know, other than study, and so so the bike really took a backseat for um, sure. for that period of time, and then and then I um, worked for a year or two, and then went to graduate school. Um, okay, and so. I remember having the bike with me um, in college, but didn't really ride it. I had it with me in graduate school, but um, really didn't ride it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only after probably I got married and had had a couple of kids. Okay. And I was I think I was probably thirty years old. Okay. When I thought you know I need I need to get back to some some serious exercise. Okay. And then, so, so I bought my next road bike from, um, Rowlett's. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, bicycle shop on Staples Mill and Broad mm-hmm. at the time. Um, Fred was, was the guy who owned it. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I bought it, I bought a Cannondale, mm-hmm. um, with, uh, with one Oh five components. I, I just thought it was the slickest machine ever. Yeah. And so from, from about that time uh, when I was maybe 30, 32, that's when I started riding. Okay. And I've never really stopped since. So in your when you're you're in your thirties, you've had a couple kids married. Right. Um, and you decide to, to get a bit more active. Right. Um, do you immediately say, do you immediately did you try other activities before? Or did you immediately go, I should do the cycling thing again? Was that the did that seem like You know, um did you do running or I played a little anything? tennis. Okay. Uh, some racquetball. But um, but I always loved my bike. Okay. You know, I always loved, in fact, funny story in, in, in high school, that purple bike. Yeah. Um, I had a Polaroid picture of it. Okay. In my wallet. Okay. And, um, and I would show it to my buddies. Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> I remember one of my close buddies pulling me aside one day and said, dude, you're supposed to have pictures of girls in your wallet, <laughs> not your bike. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, he goes, we're happy for you and your bike, but I wouldn't show that around. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I can see guys saying that for sure. Dude, why are you showing us your bike, man? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, <laughs> um, so 30, um, uh, try a couple other activities or consider them. Um, right. Did you already have a bike at that point in time? Or did you immediately go in and, and get this, this Cannondale from Rowlett? Yeah, I went and got the Cannondale. You, okay, so you're like, I, I, I'm going to do the, cycling. Right. Got the got the decent Cannondale. Right. Um, and, and I was living out in Montpelier. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and so, th- so there were there were pretty good roads out that way mm-hmm. uh, to ride. 
And so I would, I would go on these solo 15, 20, 30 mile rides okay. uh, for the most part. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was all by myself, mm-hmm. but it was just a, you know, other than hitting the gym and, and lifting some weights that, that, you know, the bike was my cardio. Uh, that was the idea that you were okay. So um, you know these fifteen mile twenty or fifteen mile twenty mile rides, uh, solo, right? Right. Solo. Um, How do you? What were you taking with you when you were doing these rides? Were you just like? Were you in kit? Were you just like no, just just no. just out riding? Um, just well, you know, I I probably I probably did get my first pair of uh, of like padded bike shorts with a chamois mm-hmm. uh, about that time. Okay. Um, and uh, it, I remember getting a um, a jersey from from Rowlett's as well. Mm-hmm. But um, to say I was kitted out would be a, a you know, an <laughs> overstatement. Um, okay. You know, very basic. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I'm always curious to hear when people get their their first kit. Right. You know, kind of thing. Um, so you're you're doing the rides. At some point, you you do get a kit. At this point, um, do you? Do you start doing group rides? Like what, how does it like move from just you doing 15, like how did it change from 15 to 15, 20 mile rides right. solo um, to, to kind of the next thing? So, um, so I did those solo rides for, for a, a, a number of years. Okay. Um, you know, we had, you know, we ended up having four kids. Mm-hmm. And so, so um, most of my time was, was, you know, being a dad spent with, with, with them. Yeah. You know, and you know, and my career at the time, and so I was really just getting out whenever I could, uh, you know, on these solo rides. Mm-hmm. And then a buddy of mine um, uh, got a, uh, got a mountain bike. Okay. And so he convinced me to buy a mountain bike. Okay. And Poor Farm Park, mm-hmm. uh, which is in Hanover, mm-hmm. uh, right there next to Patrick Henry and Liberty High School, has got some pretty good mountain bike trails. And so I started mountain biking with with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and learning how to do that, uh, that was, you know, took, took a lot of falls and, um, but, uh, but it was great fun. Okay. You know, and I met some other guys okay. uh, doing that. Okay. And then, um, uh, these other guys had road bikes as well. And that really kind of became the genesis of, of kind of my riding group with, you know, with at others. the time. Okay. You know, I still ride with those guys okay. today. Nice. Uh, uh, in fact, all of them, you know, we, we've been riding together for 30, you know, 30 plus years together. Yeah. I was going to say, what time are we talking like the early nineties here? Are we talking the, this would have been, this would have been early nineties. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so, um, you're doing some solo rides, uh, your friend, um, you know, convinces you into the mountain biking. Right. Uh, and you start riding with some, start riding with some people doing some, some right. group rides here. Okay. Um, does it become longer? Are you all, do you start doing, I clearly know mountain bike rides are normally shorter, Right. Um, but when you're riding with them, do you start riding longer distances than 15, 20 miles? Yeah. So, uh, um, so yeah, so we start, we start doing 30, 40, 50 mile rides together. Okay. And then, um, at some point I discovered, uh, Rabba, mm-hmm. um, and joined Rabba and, uh, and that was, that was a game changer Yeah. yeah because Rabba is, it's such a fantastic organization, which, which you obviously yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you just meet so many people yeah. and there's so many opportunities to ride. And, uh, you know, uh, so that's, that's when, that's when, when I 
began to start to do some group rides. Okay. Uh, the first ones were at uh, Hanover Courthouse. Mm-hmm. And I met oh, some yeah. really great, great yeah. folks. And, uh, and then, you know, fr- from there, it really kind of took off. Yeah. Because it, it um, uh, I loved being in the groups. Mm-hmm. And I loved the feeling of getting stronger and getting faster. Yeah. And the social, the social part of it is just, it, it is just almost the best part of it mm-hmm. you know, just, because you meet so many really right. cool, fun people. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the, the part you, you don't, you don't think about the, the social, you know, how much fun you're having with right. your, your friends out that's doing right. an activity. Um, do you recall your first like big ride? Were you just like doing the 30, 40, 50s? Or do you, well, not that that's not a big ride, but you know, the, um, I've done so many big rides, um, over the years. Um, but one of the first big rides I remember, um, was the, it was a, uh, Lake Anna century mm-hmm. and it was, it was put on, you know, through Rabba, yeah. as I recall. And, um, I remember that's the first time I met Mike and Kim Moore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and there were it was a it was a relatively small group. There was only f- maybe fifteen or twenty of us, and we went out to Lake Anna, and um, and I was hanging on for dear life. <laughs> and um, but it was just so cool. Right. And and Mike, you know, who was the strongest rider, you know, of the group, and and you know, uh, still is in many ways. Um, he would. He, you know, if somebody would drop off the back, mm-hmm. he would, he, he would go back and get them yeah. and pull them back up to the group. And I remember thinking, <laughs> who is this guy? You know, this Superman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, plus he was just a nice, a nice guy as, as well. But I remember surviving that ride and finishing mm-hmm. and just feeling so proud yeah. that, that I, because I was scared to death a lot of that ride that yeah. I was just going to end up being left in no man's land. Yeah. But, um, but once I got back and realized, yeah, I actually did it. I, I hung on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that just, that was a great feeling. And it motivated me to yeah. say, you know, this is, this is what I want to do. Yeah. You know, I want to do these big rides. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm curious about that, you know, with, you know, the first time you know, I'd say, what am I doing? Why am I out here? You know, like doing <laughs> right. the, the, the really right. big ride with right. people and you know, peer pressure is causing right. you to be out here. It's like, what have I gotten myself into? Right. You know, um, did I take the wrong turn? Right. Um, so you, you do the ride, um, you come back. Um, and so it, wait, wait um, you've already, you're clearly in the kit at this point. Like you're with a rabbit ride, you're in a right. kit, your helmets and right. all that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. Um, uh, that's how you got into the riding. That's how you group rides. Um, that was your was that your first entry? Um, because that's when you you were pushing may, the limits there. It may have been okay. Um, it um, that's the first one I remember. Okay, and uh, but you know I've done. I mean over the years I've um, I've probably done 150 to 200 centuries. So you know, because I just like that, I like the long distance yeah. rides, mm-hmm. and uh, so. So it's been, there, there've been a lot of them over the years, but that's the one, uh, I still have very clear memories of that one. And it, it, it could very well have been the first mm-hmm. one. Um, now that sounds like that was like a, an organized ride, but not quite an event. Right. Okay. Right. Um, do you recall some of the first events you went to? Like you, you kind of registered and there were hundreds of other riders, you know, or large, large mass of riders. Yeah. Kind of I think, I think one of the first, one of the first 
big rides I did was uh, Mountains of Misery. (laughs) And and, uh, uh, aptly titled. Yeah. Um, And I ended up doing that four times. Yeah. And, um, but the first time I did it, it was just, uh, I mean, that last, uh, that last climb. Yeah. Which is about a three and a half mile climb uh, to to the finish is, um, um, yeah, after seven eight thousand feet of climbing during the day you know is a big test yeah and you know i was you know doing the paper boy you know Mm -hmm. uh, zigzag up the road zigzag across the road just to get up but i made it and um and it you know again that feeling of accomplishment yeah of of sticking to it Mm -hmm. of of not quitting is um you know it's very it's very rewarding yeah right um, right, you push you push your body to a new limit, or right. not even to a limit, but you pushed it more and found I can do 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 a bit more. That's right. Um, did you prepare for that? Oh, I'm sure I did. Okay, um, because it scared the right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a challenging. It scared right. the hell out of me just just thinking about it. Right, and uh, and so so I'm sure I did. Uh, I did a lot of probably hill repeats. Okay, like at the, on the Three Sisters out in Hanover, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'd find big hills and just and just go up 15, 20 times. Yeah, because um, we don't have any climbs here in Central in in, in Richmond that right. would be comparable. Not big area. ones, but yeah. there, but there's a couple hidden gems in you know, in Hanover that, mm-hmm. that you can get a good a good uh, three quarters of a mile climb. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That 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 will hurt you pretty good, especially if you do it over and over and over right. again. Repeats, yeah. Um, uh, so mountains of misery. Uh, what are some other like events that, that stand out that you you've kind of done? Well, you know, um, of any kind of. So, uh, I'd like to do the, the the longer, harder stuff, and so um, I started uh, mountain bike racing. Okay. Um, you know, kind of early on, maybe a year or two after um, after I started mountain biking. Um, <laughs> Uh, somebody convinced me to sign up for a mountain bike race. And so I did that for a year and then I, I they introduced a, a, um, a category called the Enduro class. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's a six hour race. And it was, um, and so as many laps as you could do in six hours. Okay. And, uh, and you know, I fell in love with that. It was like, okay, you know, I'm not fast, but, but I don't quit. Okay. You know? And, um, and I found that I, you know, in, in the enduro class, uh, um, 20 year olds raced against 50, 60 year olds. I mean, yeah. there was no age classification. Yeah. And I found, you know, and they, they would put our, our, um, our age on our calf, like, like in <laughs> okay. a, like in a, uh, with a, uh, a permanent marker. <laughs> okay. And so, um, so they, so there was an E on one calf, which meant enduro and then mm-hmm. the age on the other. other. Okay. And I remember you know, being older or older than, than, than a lot of them, but seeing their age and I would pass them. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty fun. Right. Yeah. You know, that's pretty motivating. And so, so I really started, um, embracing these kind of longer races, you know, okay. and, you know, I raced that enduro class for, for, um, for, for years. Yeah. Uh, and then, but that, but then that got me into doing mountain bike races 
um, the Shenandoah Mountain 100. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that. It's a it's a, it's a hundred mile uh, single track mountain bike race um, up near Harrisonburg. No, I've not. My yeah. best time is about 13 hours. Yeah. Um, and it's I mean you talk about a grinder. It's it's 10 to to 11,000 square feet of of, of single track. Um, I mean it's all day. Yeah. It's, so I did that four times. And then I've done the assault on Mount Mitchell mm-hmm. um, in uh, in South Carolina. Does that one still happen? Yes. Okay. Yep. That one's still going. Uh, Mountains of Misery is not. Right. That that one required. Um, um, and then and then you know uh, me and um, I organized a group of four other guys and we did the Blue Ridge Parkway mm-hmm. um, from end to end. Uh, we did that um, in two thousand. Uh, 2002 we did it three and a half days which 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 I would not recommend um, because we were averaging hundred and about 130 miles a day for the first three days and then um, the last day was a was a short 86 um, <laughs> and uh, you know, we did it but they were super long days but but that's what I've always liked I've, yeah I've the, liked, the long, I've the liked to be on my bike a long time and just and just push it, grind it, and um, uh, so wait, wait. Uh, the that's a, it's a so we all camping. Like, what was it? Where was this? No, we stayed at. Um, you had places to stay. We yeah, we had a uh, we actually had a buddy uh, that went with us. Okay. Um, uh, he had terminal cancer at the time, okay. and so that so so he wanted to drive our SAG vehicle for us as kind of his last hurrah. Okay, and it was great to spend time with him and. And he loved every minute of it, and uh, but but so we didn't have to carry our gear. Okay. And, and so at the end of the day, you know, he would take us to like a hotel or a bed and breakfast or wherever, uh, and then and then he'd drop us back off at the same point in the morning. Nice. Okay. So so that was fun. Um, but yeah, it, it, and then the other thing, I think in 1999, um, yeah, I'd, I just like to go out and ride centuries. Um, I used to ride. To, to Jamestown and back before mm-hmm. the Capitol Trail was there. Okay. Uh, on, on, on Route Five, all the time. That's really, okay. Uh, on Route Five. Okay. I'd leave Ashland and go to Jamestown and back. Um, and um, yeah, I guess you take Route Five. Yeah. Okay. But um, but uh, you know the Tour de France was always something that really got me excited. Yeah. And so, so the Sunday, one Sunday, the first Sunday of the Tour de France, I hopped on my bike and I put on a yellow jersey mm-hmm. and I did a hundred mile ride. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So I told my buddies the next day, uh, um, that I did this ride and they said, well, why didn't you call us? You know, we would have gone with you. (laughs) Yeah. So the next year we did it. Um, I think we had seven or eight of us Yeah. and we all put on yellow jerseys. It was the first Sunday of the tour de France and and we did that ride. And then, so the next year it was, I think maybe 14, 15 of us. Okay. And so this thing organically grew. Yeah. Um, friends of friends, a type of ride, totally grassroots. Yeah. Um, and so I hosted this ride. It was called the Yellow Jersey Century. Yeah. For 13 years, and um, nice. It, it was out of Ashland, and you know, we, you know, we ended up having you know police escort out of town. Randolph Macon gave us the parking. Um, there was no, there was no um, entry yeah. fee. Uh, there was no waivers. You know, people tried to convince me that you know you got to get waiver signed. Yeah. You know, you're gonna you, something's gonna happen, and but it never did. Um, but it was totally grassroots. Right. And the last year we did it, um, 
um, I think we had about almost 300 riders, all of, really? all in wow. yellow. It was really cool. It was really fun, and um, uh, my family did the rest stops. Your people donated um, uh, drinks and bars and stuff. Uh, totally grassroots. About year five, I started saying, you know, th there's some good energy here. Yeah. There's no entry fees, so I would put a box up and say, um, you know, uh, you can donate to Livestrong, you know, mm -hmm. which was, you know, for cancer. Yeah, yeah. Or you can donate to the Hanover Food Bank, or you can donate to any charity you want. And I just put like boxes up. I yeah, said, yeah. I said you can you can write you can put five dollars in, you can yeah. put a hundred dollar check, or you could you could put nothing. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. In the last, you know, and so the last year that we did that. Um, I think uh, uh, I, I wrote checks for twenty six thousand dollars to these charities. You know, after that, total total grassroots ride. It was so much fun. It was just so cool, and um, you know, allowed me to meet a lot of rich right. riders. Um, that is awesome, particularly just as a as, like you said, it's a grassroots. I totally just, grassroots. Just, yeah, it was fun. Um, but it is, it's, you know, it's interesting to see the momentum a thing has, right. you know, particularly, particularly over time. Right. Um, that's 13 years, 13 years. Yeah. And then life, life just got busy and you know, it's, yeah, I was doing it all myself Yeah. and, um, and I loved it. I loved, you know, every second of it. Um, but, uh, you know, it just got to be too much. And so, uh, in the last couple of years, mm -hmm. you know, we've kind of started it. You know, uh, out again. Yeah. Uh, I think three years ago we had maybe ten of us, and then um, uh, you know, so who knows? It might come back. <laughs> Things can come back around. Things but, can come back around. Um, but yeah, I can I can see that getting, particularly if it's, it's you and your family kind of like I see that that sounds like I could have got not quite out of hand, but right. like hard to manage kind of thing. Right. Um, but that's but it was great. It was it was always right. a, we always went east. Yeah. Like, towards Walkerton. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And it was always flat, um, but but yep. it was but it was in July. It, it, it was always the first week of July. So yeah. there's some there's some great stories about mm -hmm. about um, heat exhaustion and, <laughs> and you know yeah. all you know running out of water and yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's there's some classic stories. Um, um, yeah. Um, have you ever had heat exhaustion? Have you ever been out in a ride and was like, this is too hot. Like this, I shouldn't have done this. Like this, um, this is too hot a day. Or just too hot for me right now. Yeah, yeah it's I, I, I've been I've been pushed to the limit a number of times. Yeah, you know, I've never, um, I don't think I've ever been in the danger zone. Yeah, but but I've done some super hot rides and, um, and you know, and tried to be smart about it in terms okay. of you know, I, you know, I need to get in some shade or, or get some ice in the back of my neck or something like that. Okay, all right. I'm I'm, I'm glad you've had that that thought of like okay. I should take extra precautions. Right. Like this kind of this weather takes some some extra precautions. Um, on the flip side of that, um, like you, how do you feel about riding in the cold? I assume you have. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a I'm a cold. You know, if you if you ask my buddies, they would just shake their heads and because because I I show up um, if it's forty degrees. Yeah. You know, I uh, I'm in shorts and short sleeves a lot. Oh yeah. Um, oh man. And uh, so I, I, I like cold weather riding. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this time of year, everybody talks about being on trainers and so forth. And, <laughs> you know, I used to ride a trainer all the time and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm kind of over it. Uh, yeah. I still have one and mm -hmm. I, I'll ride one if I have to. But, 
but but put me outside any day of the week. And uh, um, I'm from Minnesota, yeah. So 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 growing up in Minnesota, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Maybe that has something to do with it, but yeah. But but I don't I don't wear any shoe covers. Yeah. Um, I wear lightweight gloves. I'll maybe put some arm warmers on or a light jacket, but I do not get you know I don't get cold. Yeah. Oh man, I I wish I wish that could be the same. <laughs> I I I can handle the cold to a certain degree, like forty degrees. I'll show up for for just about any ride in right. forty degree weather. Once it's like below 40 then i'm like i'm riding less like i'm i need to be outside in the maximum sunlight kind of time when it's below 40 um where i just don't go right um but i'd I'm much rather ride yeah in 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 cold weather than hot weather and i'm by far yeah yeah uh yeah i will take a 90 degree day anytime <laughs> like i i'm like yep i can handle the heat it is just fine right. but i don't want to be in the cold um but bless your heart, <laughs> you, can ride, you can ride in the cold and, and not have to put on the extra right. layers of gear. Right. Um, but you know, be, the the mountain bike and the gravel bike are, are ideal for for cold weather rides too. You know, when yeah. the, when the season gets you know gets colder and the weather mm -hmm. gets colder, that's that's really an ideal time to hop on the mountain bike and the gravel bike, yep. get in the woods, and mm -hmm. you know, so you're out of that you know, right. nippy you know north wind. Right, yeah, and it's and it's and it's, as people know, it's like it's, it's more active. Like you're, you know, you're, you're mm -hmm. all the stuff is you know causing your body to be right. moved, moved a bit more. Um, uh, we went to Bear, super long Bear Creek State Lake Park. Yeah, um, yeah this weekend mm -hmm. um, was not happy about the temperature there at the start because it was below forty or right. something at the start, and uh, we had a hill right out of the parking lot, and I was actually quite thankful for the hill right out of the parking lot because like immediately the blood's pumping and right. once we were rolling i was like okay this is tolerable once right. once we were rolling still in the still in the, the upper 30s um either way yeah. um so um we you not doing the event anymore but y'all are still kind of riding last couple of years y'all been still doing the um the yellow jersey y'all still wearing the yellow jerseys or y'all just yeah. okay mm -hmm. yep that's a that's a uh, that's a staple a, that's a notable factor okay uh, everybody has to be in yellow okay all right um, which is fair. Um, uh, I'm just going to read some notes. Like you've done the the MS ride um, mm -hmm. the number of times. Uh, the Belgian waffle ride. What Belgian is that? What is, what is that? I've heard this thing, but I keep yeah. That's a wrong. that's a cool ride. It's um, that's uh, that's just outside of um, last year was the first year they did it on the East Coast. So that's a, it started in San Diego. Um, and uh, the San Diego ride, I think it's a 144 mile gravel ride. Ooh, okay. And so, and they have one in, uh, they have, I think there's four of them now. Um, but a couple years ago, they decided uh, t to come to the east. And so there's an East Coast uh, Asheville edition. Okay. So I rode in the, in the, in the inaugural event. And, okay. Um, it was initially supposed to be a 120 some mile gravel um, race okay. and uh, big, but because of flooding in the area, they had to they had to reroute it. It turned out to be 105 miles, 106 miles, which is still still right, enough. Still a lot. It's yeah. Still enough. Because um, right. it was like 12,000 feet of climbing. Um, it, so it was a long day. Um, but it's but but the, you know the pros show up. Um, it's. Uh, you see some very impressive gravel riders. Yeah. Uh, you know, some ex-pros, you know, show up. You know, Bobby Julek, um, who was in the Pro Tour. Um, 
George Hincapie, mm-hmm. you know, you know, some of those guys were there. Um, it was just, it was just cool. Awesome. It was cool. Um, and, but I, 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 I saw that was a ride that you had, had done. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and cause I'm just going to crash into it. Um, the big bike, um, on the trail, <laughs> the big um, bike. yeah. Um, uh, cause I, you know, it's a, it's a staple. Tell me, tell me the, the story here with the, the big bike. Yeah. So the big bike is a, is a fun story. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of us here in Richmond that ride the Capitol trail, you know, uh, you know, have memories of where the big bike was. It, it was on route five across from the Seven Eleven. just, you know, uh, when you get to the top of the hill coming mm-hmm. out of Richmond. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the guy who built it, um, his name is Joel, um, he, he built it as a, you know, he's a, he's a, um, uh, a very talented uh, welder, obviously, and, and, and you know, has an artistic, creative side. But he built that to um, celebrate the Capitol Trail and the world championships coming to Richmond. And so, um, so he just decided, you know, he, he had all this, all this scrap metal. So he built this bike and it was in his front yard, mm-hmm. um, across from the Seven Eleven. but it wasn't painted. It was all rusty. It was, mm-hmm. you, you really, you really couldn't see it that well yeah. unless you were looking over there. Um, and so I would, I rode by that thing hundreds of times and just I always thought boy that's that is that's an exceptional piece of art yeah um it it just needs a better it needs a better home it needs a better place yeah and so uh so one day I I um uh, I put a note in his mailbox and I said uh, you might think I'm nuts but I have a vision for your bike I said you know I said here's my number call me if you have any interest and so didn't hear anything um I really didn't expect to Mm-hmm. And about uh, 10 days, two weeks later, I get a call from him and he said, um, he said, I got your note. Your timing is, is impeccable because we just sold our house and we have no idea what to do with this bike. And I said, perfect. I said, here's what I want to do. I'd love to, I'd love to buy it from you and then move it to a, to a great place on the trail. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, so we agreed um, uh, I bought the bike, I think for $600. Really? And, um, and I had a company, um, come and pick it up and, uh, and they took it to their shop Yeah. and and they, they did some, some welding on it to, you know, to shore up some welds. And, and then I had, uh, they sent it to a painter Yeah. and then I painted our company logo on the top, which is HH Hunt. Um, And then uh, painted the Henrico County logo on the down tube, um, and then the um, uh, uh, um, Capitol Trail Foundation on the on the seat tube, yep. and painted it white, mm-hmm. and put the um, put the World Championship um, uh, um, rainbow yep. stripes on it, Seems, yep. mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then in the meantime, I had called the Capitol Trail Foundation and Henrico County and said, said, look, I've got this phenomenal bike, you know, I'd like to paint it and, and make it a great piece of art and donate it Mm -hmm. to, to the County and the, and the Capitol Trail. And they both, they both just jumped at it. Yeah. So, so we found, we found a spot in in Four Mile Creek Park 
Yep. And um, and so uh, uh, so that's that's how it landed there. And uh, there's a nice plaque um, on the. Um, I see that, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's called the big bike. That's what that's what Joel, the, the founder, called it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the. Um, but we had a big unveiling, you know, mm-hmm. when we installed it, we, you know, we had a, we had a lot of people out there and Joel and his family and his wife came and we, 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 we pulled a blue tarp off of it and it was, you know, it was fun. Awesome. It, it was, um, uh, but every time I go by that, it's, it, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's just a fun thing, you know, and, you know, uh, I've got a couple of buddies that have accused me of a lot of lame brain ideas over the years. <laughs> Most of them have to do with long rides. And, uh, you know, every time we go by there, this one friend of mine, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Lesh, he, he, he always says, that's you. That's the only good idea you've ever had. <laughs> and so, uh, so, so at least he thinks that was a good right. idea. That was a good idea. This, yeah. this, this hand, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> um, and, and I, and I pulled up a picture cause I've, I've been mm-hmm. by there. I've taken pictures of it. Um, and I'm trying to remember if I, I can't remember whether I rode past it when it was at its prior location mm-hmm. or whether I drove past it at some reason. Um, so what year did it actually move to the, to the Four Mile Creek Park, the trail right there? Oh, it's been there. Um, I want to say, I know the date of the dedication was October 25th. The year was, um, it was probably about five years ago okay uh, so maybe 2017 i'm gonna guess okay uh 2017 or 18 i would be pretty sure okay all right um because that's when that's when i started riding um was 2017 right um so okay all right cool uh, right. i was curious curious about that yeah well and, and the other kind of fun thing with that was um joel you know i told joel what i was going to do with the bike i was yeah. going to take it and paint it and um and put the put my company logo on it and so forth and he said fine and uh so then when it was at the shop he called me one night and he said we got a problem he said my wife is very upset that um that you're going to paint the bike because it basically changes my art and it was like i said joel you know um (laughs) you know this is I told you what I was going to do yeah. and it's, it, it's already in process and it's being painted. And, and he said, I understand. He said, I was just, you know, I was just wondering if it was not painting, it was a possibility. I said, I said, it, it really isn't at this point. And he said, okay, well, we'll just go with it. And so before the dedication, it was covered in blue tarps mm-hmm. and she was out there. Um, and I walked over to her and I said, I understand you're not too happy about this. She goes, no, I'm really disappointed that you painted the bike. And so I said, well, I hope you like it. And she said, well, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so, so we did the dedication speeches and all that and pulled the blue tarp down. Mm-hmm. And everybody cheered and clapped and stuff. And um, so I walked over to her and I said, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And she said, I love it. <laughs> which, was, which I just went, yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Now I now it's a success. <clears throat> a good idea. Um, that's 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 great that she wasn't mad about right. the bike paint. What color was it before? It was it was it was, it was rust. rusted. Ah, rust. okay. Yeah, it was yeah it was it was it was all different colors of rust, steel and rust. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, 
Yeah, then, then I get the, the argument of not paying. But either way, it's right. been painted. It's in place. Right. Everybody gets to celebrate going down the trail and taking a photo there. So um, despite that, uh, either way, thank you for doing that. Yeah. Uh, clearly gives people fantastic memories. I've taken pictures by there several times with friends. Um, and people pass it and I thought about it. So either way, uh, I'm glad it's there. Yeah, it's, awesome. it was thank fun. You. It was fun. Um, you're one good idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, when does bike packing happen when does when is when is your first bike packing excursion? So that might be in the my past. first official bike packing was maybe three years three or four years maybe three years ago okay uh, yeah three years ago okay um i got a um we got a new puppy um okay about three and a half years ago golden retriever <laughs> you're like i need to leave the house sorry and sorry. so <laughs> well sorry um so it, it, you know, I love my I love my golden retriever. You know, it's a great breed. I've had a bunch of them, but um, so I thought, you know, when I go on my on my on my bike packing trips, I want to be able to take my dog. Okay. Oh, okay. So I went out and I found a used burly bike trailer, and I taught Cooper, you know, to to you know as a puppy, to, yeah. you know, to jump in and jump out. I mean, mm-hmm. he'll do anything for cheese. Yeah. And so um, it was very easy to, to teach him to get in and out. And so, mm-hmm. so my first my first trip was um, uh, about a thirty five mile uh, bike packing trip, dog bike packing trip, yeah. with Cooper on the Greenbrier River Trail, yeah, in, in West Virginia, and it was great. And I just packed the trailer with the sleeping bag and a tent and all that, um, uh, so that so that there was still like a platform that he could jump on top of that. Mm-hmm. And ride when he got tired. Yeah. Because he would run for two miles and then ride. Uh, okay. And then he and then I'd just say, Cooper, hop up and he he just hop right he in. Just hops in. Nice. Okay. And then I drag him for a mile or two. He starts barking and then he jumps out. You know, and, you know, and he'll do that all day long. But it's but it was just so great to get to camp at night, put your tent up, mm-hmm. make your fire, and your your dog is you know, is laying, you know, next to your campfire with you. And uh-huh. it's just like it doesn't get any better than that. Um, so that was my first bike packing trip with him. And then my buddies, you know, and you know, a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Keith Van Ingemond mm-hmm. and Jan Waldron and Dan Gerard and Ken Ashworth and, um, uh, Andy Kepke. Mm-hmm. They, they, they started talking about doing a, like a real bike packing trip. Yeah. And so in, in Harrisonburg, okay. like a three day, two night. Nah, so yeah. I said, I said, I'll go with you. And, um, but the only bike packing I had done was, was it was the, with a dog. Was a trailer. Yeah. And so, um, so I showed up with my trailer <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> which was, which was not one of my best ideas. Um, but, uh, we had a heck of a time. Yeah. Uh, uh, Andy Kepke had, um, showed up with his trailer too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I wasn't the yeah. only <laughs> fool on the trip. Um, and, uh, yeah, and we spent, um, Three days and two nights in in just a glorious part of the state, yeah, know, around Harrisonburg, and just had a heck of a time. Um, wait, wait, had you camped before the the dog packing trip? Well, I grew up camping. Okay, okay, um, you know, and you know, camped a lot with my kids and so forth. So, All right. uh, I was a Boy Scout. So, okay. so camping. So, so that part camping is part you. of my. Okay, you you knew that part. Yep. yep. Um, so then uh, you do the, the three-day, two-night Harrisonburg right. uh, ride. Um, 
what were your thoughts about you? Like, this is, this is great. Like, this is fantastic. It was like, great. Yeah. It was really hard. Yeah. It was really hard. Yeah. Be- because of terrain or because you brought the trailer? Both. Both. <laughs> there was, um, like those guys, those guys showed up with, you know, really nice, like bike packing bags and mm-hmm. nice gravel bikes and, and, uh, uh, you know, they had, they had done more research and, uh, <laughs> and had more, more, uh, uh more foresight prepared. than I did. Yeah. I just, I just showed up like, okay, let's go. You know, I, I, I've got my camping gear, right. you know, not, not really bike packing gear. I got my camping, my, t- yeah. my, my mm-hmm. regular tent and, and small cooler and just all that stuff <laughs> just packed in my rattling around my, uh, um, right in the trailer in the trailer yeah and so hauling that trailer up some of those steep grades was tough yeah uh and then of course we had two two camp uh both both camps at the end of the day were at the top of big climbs yeah and so so they they found ways to stash the beer in you know in in uh, andy and my trailer and they they would ride off (laughs) <laughs> they did thank us uh, uh, profusely when we got up to the top. Right. Uh, finally, uh, with the cold beer, but um, uh, but it was a fantastic trip, and it's just it, it, it's great riding your bike all day. Yeah. And then setting right. a tent yeah. up, and um, and starting a fire. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's great. What time of year was that? That was in the uh, that was in the. Fall, I want to say. Okay. Um, okay. Um, did you did you ever do any more bike packing with the trailer? When it was not solo. No. Okay. Um, but I am, um, you know, I do have uh, some some pretty serious plans this spring to take it out again to get Cooper back out. Oh really? Okay. Nice. So uh, yeah, yeah, he and I are going to do some trips together this 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 spring together. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I'm glad you were able to take your dog with you. Yeah. Um, he loves it. Yeah. He absolutely loves it. And he's so funny because, you know, uh, you would think, you know, letting your dog off the leash and, and I think technically they're, they're not supposed to be off leash on yeah. some of these, on some of these rail trails. Um, but he is, you talk about a focused dog. Yeah. I mean, there could be cats, kids, whatever, which he normally would, would, would um would be distracted by yeah but when he's on a ride yeah he, you know he he has his head straight forward and it's like i've got no time for anybody you know we're on a mission yeah and, uh it, yeah he he absolutely loves it and, you know and he yeah. just focuses on the on the ride i'm glad he's a well-behaved dog mm-hmm. um i clearly wouldn't work with all dogs but uh i'm glad that works with, <laughs> with cooper um so you you done this bike packing? You did this bike packing, and that's the was that the fall of twenty twenty nineteen? I'm under the I think so. It, uh, I think it was before COVID. Yeah, um, everything's before or after COVID at this point. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, so um, did you do more? What was the next bike packing trip? The next bike packing was my cross country trip. Your cross country trip. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're gonna get to that. Okay. Uh, but because we've mentioned COVID, and I feel I have to ask everyone, right. we, um, and I'll, I'll say this for everyone listening, if you, right. I, I, I like asking about COVID because riding becomes so social, right? We're spending so much time with people. Yes, we're out moving, right? right? And then COVID happened, and then stay indoors. Don't, don't be around people kind right. of thing. So um, how did, 
um, the the shutdown and COVID, you know, the March 2020, like how yeah. did that all impact um, your your writing experience, if at all? Yeah, yeah, it was a weird time because you know none of us really understood the virus or what it could do and couldn't do, and and what was safe and wasn't safe. And so I remember, um, I remember, uh, you know, in the first month of, of COVID and COVID precautions, going out. Uh, with my buddies and, and we, we, we were, we said, let's ride 10 feet apart. Um, because, you know, you still want to get out there with your buddies. Cause that's, you know, that, that's really what it's all yeah, about. It's you know, riding by yourself is, is, you know, is, is okay. But riding with your buddies is, is really where it's at. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it's hard to give that up. So, so we started to go out and, um, but then, you know, the guy in front of you, 10 feet would sneeze <laughs> and you kind of go, Oh, is, is that sneeze going to end yeah. up killing me? And uh, uh, so, but nobody really understood, uh, yeah. you know, what was safe and what wasn't safe. And then people would look at you like, you know, uh, you know, and we're wondering, you know, are they looking at us like we're being irresponsible? Um, mm-hmm. it, it was just a weird time, and so yeah. we we ended up uh, doing that once or twice kind of early in COVID. And then mm-hmm. I think, I think most of us just said, you know, let's, let's just, let's not do group rides. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so most of us just rode, rode, did a lot of solo riding. Yeah. Which wasn't bad because, you know, as you know, the roads were, the roads were right. pretty no much cars. empty, yeah. you know, and I'd ride in downtown Richmond. Yeah. A lot, you know, just ride through downtown. It was, mm-hmm. it was great. It's like mm-hmm. having the whole city to yourself <laughs> because there were no cars. Um, Yes, of the the you know, clearly terrible time, but like that was great. Like right. having no cars on the yeah, right. I definitely rode through the city a bunch um, during that time. Um, but you know, I put a I I ended up putting a um, a speaker, a Bluetooth speaker on my handlebar. Yeah, and I just you know I'd go out in these long solo rides mm-hmm. and you know just listen to music. Yeah, and it was great. Yeah, it's great. Okay. It was just a different phase. It was another phase of riding. Yeah, uh, what'd you like to listen to while you're riding? Did you have um, anything you would like to listen to? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I love country. So yeah. you know, uh, Zach, you know, um, Zach Brown and stuff like that. You know, something with a little beat to it. And okay, okay, uh, country the whole time. Is no, like, no. Okay. you know, I, I mean, there'd be Grateful Dead in there. There'd be, okay. nice. there, there, there'd be, you know, oldies. There, you know, uh, some raps, Run DMC. I mean, okay. I mean, everything. Okay, all right. Just but curious. something, something with some, some energy to it. Okay, yeah, that's that's yeah, what that, I was trying to. That that's the key. You. Okay. Yeah. Something, something's gonna keep you moving. Exactly. Uh, uh so that's COVID, right? Um, you survived COVID, right? Um, yep. We did. Uh, you know, uh, figure out the group riding again. You're riding with people. Like yep. over again. Okay, awesome. Um, and then uh, as we crash into this as well, uh, eventually you do this like really long ride, this Transamerica. Ride, right, right. right. Um, what was the thoughts? Like, what was, what, how was the planning? Like, what was the, because you didn't just like, I'm just going to go on this ride. I'll see you in like a month. Like, right. what was the, what was the planning like getting into Yeah, so, thing? so was, the dream started really 25 years ago. You know, um, I, I read a book called Contiki, and okay. it's, it's a, um, I got it at a Christmas party. It's one of those 
one of those parties, you know, kind of a dirty Santa where you kind of steal mm. gifts from each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I ended up walking home with this this book called Contiki, and it was about the um, this incredible raft trip across the, the Pacific Ocean mm-hmm. from Peru to the Polynesian Islands. And it was a 4,300-mile raft trip that these five guys took uh, because one guy wanted to prove that the Polynesian Islands were settled by by South Americans instead mm-hmm. of Asians, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and everybody said it's impossible. So he basically called his buddies. They quit their jobs. They went to Peru, uh, built a um, a raft out of nine balsa logs uh, with the tools that the ancient Aztecs would have used back then, and they and they um, put a sail on it. And um, they sailed, you know, 4,300 miles in 101 days and actually made it. And everybody thought that they would never make it. Yeah. Uh, certainly never make it there. But, yeah. But they wouldn't make it, you know, um, out alive. And it was just one of those books to me that was one of the greatest adventure books I've ever read. And so from that point on, Contiki to me was the, was the symbol or word for adventure. Mm-hmm. And um, and I always, from that point on, I said, I, "That's what I want." You know, you know, I want an adventure like that. Yeah. You know, some something like that. Um, and so, so, so my Contiki um, was, you know, I want to ride my bicycle across across America, mm-hmm. which is about the same distance, forty three hundred miles, and uh, you know, about the same amount of time. It was like, like that's my Contiki. I'm going to do a land Contiki. Yeah. Right? they did a water one and so um so it's been on my mind for for a long long time and so but you know when you have a family and you have a career uh it's 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 hard to make something like that happen yeah and so i just retired um uh, last december and as soon as i retired i thought you know it's it's time yeah you know because you know you know Time is the enemy, you know. Uh, I used to say time is the enemy of, of all real estate deals, um, <laughs> and and because you just you have to make things happen. Because yeah. the longer you wait, the, the less likely something is going to happen. And so, uh, so I thought, well, well, time it time is the enemy of this trip. So as soon as I can go, I'm going to go because if I miss the first year, the first year could turn into the second year, the third mm-hmm. year, it, yeah. it may never yeah. happen. So I talked to my family because um, it's a big commitment. Yeah. Because I, because I'm leaving for you know uh, a, a couple of months. Yeah. And um, but I got their blessing. My wife said, you know, yes, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been talking about it forever. Um, I'll support you. And um, we ended up making it a fundraiser for um, uh, a nonprofit group here called Sportable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and so, so we we did this big campaign. You know, what's your contiki? Um, and uh, you know, the whole thing was just was was amazing because we ended up raising a lot of money. Yeah. You know, f- f- uh, for them. Awesome. Um, but uh, but so once once I got basically my the blessing from my family. Yeah. To go, uh, then I started telling my buddies. Yeah. And that's the key, you know. As soon as you tell your buddies you can do something, mm-hmm. it's real, mm-hmm. because you know that 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 you know. Then there's accountability, right? You know, then 
then it's then there's no turning back. Yeah. I mean, there were times even you know a month before I was set to fly out to to, to Seattle to start mm-hmm. the ride that I thought, am I really going to do this? <laughs> I mean, holy shit! I mean, this yeah. is this is this is bigger. Like this is getting real real. Yeah. But you know, when you get to a point where where you've kind of put your stake in the ground, yeah. it's like, yep, we're doing this. So okay, so uh, you, where to go with this? So what do you take with you? Let's go with that. Like you, you decide you're going to go out to Seattle. So you take your bike, right? You don't. You take your bike. Right. You fly out there. Um, do you? How do you figure out what to take with you? Let's go with it. How do you figure out like, right? What to take? Yeah. With you? Well, I had no idea. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, when we lived in Ashland, um, the, the other part of this too, when we lived in Ashland, which is right along the 76 bike trail, mm-hmm. um, we used to, um, you know, and the, the, the Trans-America Trail comes right through there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And people, um, uh, we lived right on the railroad tracks. And um, there, was a, there was a guy that owned a bike shop um, who would host uh, riders in their backyard. Uh, um, his name was Ron DeRoche mm-hmm. and, and uh, he died unexpectedly of, of, of um, uh, you know he had terminal illness and so we used to see you know from my front porch I could see these these riders you know all, all packed up at the train station um, and uh, with their maps out and, yeah. you know, and I'd walk over there and said you know are you guys looking for Ron's house and they said yeah we are Yeah, and so so I had to tell them that Ron was uh, right. Ron the past. Uh, Ron passed, and yeah. so so we'd we'd always invite them to our house, and so so I learned a lot from them. Um, we probably hosted fifteen to sixteen, yeah. you know, different groups. Okay. And so I saw how their bikes were packed, and just heard their stories, and and that to me that was what really solidified it because yeah. we'd, we'd open see a bottle of wine, doing, make yeah. a big pot of spaghetti. And we sit around a table till midnight talking to them about, you know, all their crazy adventures. And it was like, that's like, I'm going to do yeah, this. You want like, to be on this, this yeah. is, this is going to happen. Um, but so that was one part of the education, but then the other part really is, um, I mean, YouTube is a phenomenal, <laughs> um, phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, I watched so many YouTube videos on mm-hmm. equipment and packing and, mm-hmm. you know, stealth camping and mm-hmm. just, just, just how to solve problems. And, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, journeyman adventure, which is a bike shop on, on, mm-hmm. on 18th street, downtown mm-hmm. in Chaco bottom, um, great bike shop, great resource. Um, you know, the bikes, the bags, uh, uh, Glenn is the owner and he's, yep. he's a, he's a great resource, um, uh, enthusiastic supporter. And so he helped me, um, but the YouTube videos and, uh, and a couple of short shakeout trips, mm-hmm. um, right. I did a one, one, one nighter. And then a, a buddy of mine went with me for a two nighter Okay, and, um, and you know, just kind of start to figure things out. And uh, so I, I felt pretty confident when I left. Okay. That that I that that, that I, I that my bike was packed, okay, and I could I could probably survive. So the, the you camped the most of two nights. It sounds yes. like. Yep. Two nights. Most two nights. Most two nights. And now you're gonna ride across the country. Right. Right okay. across the country. Yep. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think you're ready after that? <laughs> Great segue. Um, 
All right. So you 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 land in Seattle. Fly yep. to Seattle. Yeah. Okay. My wife flew out, uh, so I shipped my bike out. Um, oh, you shipped it. Okay. With um, there's a great group called Bike Flights. Yeah. Um, bike Flights. Yep. So, um, uh, I had Conti's. Uh, uh, they did a phenomenal job. You know, packing my bike for me. Yeah. Nice. And the bike flights picked it up, shipped it out, and then my wife flew out uh, to Seattle with me. Um, we met some friends that we uh, that live in Seattle that we oh, met nice. on a biking trip. Okay. In uh, in Slovenia two okay. t- two years earlier. Okay. So so we spent some time with them, and then we went up to um, uh, to Anna Cortez, uh, Washington, which is about an hour and a half away. And my bike was there. It was all put together. Um, mm-hmm. and so, so I just had to kind of reassemble all the, all the bags to it and, uh, mm-hmm. s- just start packing it. And, uh, and, um, the next day I, I set out, uh, mm-hmm. east and, uh, and my, my wife, uh, followed me, uh, Cindy, uh, followed me in a rental car for, for two days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, just to make sure. Yeah, the bike was operating right, and mm-hmm. you know, um, she was going to ride with me. She was going to try to ride with me. Um, we tried to figure out logistically, but she hit big mountain passes right off the bat. Yeah, and uh, and it was, uh, you know, I had you know seven to eight feet of snow at the top of the first mountain pass, and so it was, so uh, she was probably happy to be in a rental car instead yeah. of in the bike. Uh, but 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 she rode with me for a cup for um she followed me for a day basically a day and a half yeah just to make sure everything's uh, working everything's working uh that i didn't you know forget my tent or, or <laughs> you know something stupid like that um and then and then she took off yeah and uh seeing seeing her taillights you know disappear around the yeah. corner it's like that's you know that was you the moment it was yeah. real real it's like yeah. okay all right this is, you know, the the Contiki adventure starts yeah. right now. There's there's no net. And how so? So is that? I just wonder the feelings of you're setting out in this thing, and you you so you got your wife with you for the first day and a half. Right. Like, are you are you nervous? Are you concerned at this point in time? Are you are you still thinking? I shouldn't do this, or I should do it. Like, this is a good idea. Was it or was it just like all this? This is or was it all? This is an adventure. I'm I'm glad to be here. Kind of thing. Yeah, it was it was more of that. It was more of this kind of holy shit. You know, this is actually happening. Yeah. You know, this is this is actually you know, uh, I'm actually doing what I said I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, to to say I wasn't you know uh, apprehensive would be a lie. Yeah. I mean, it's because you're out there all by yourself. Yeah. And uh, everybody's warning you about bears. You need to carry bear spray. You need to carry a gun. You you know, um, I mean. Yeah, people warn me all the time about all the bad stuff that can happen, <laughs> and um, uh, which, which none of it did. Yeah, and but okay. you know it's you're you're several thousand miles from home. Yeah, on your bicycle by yourself, with with nobody to nobody to call to help you. Yeah, um, and so but that's that's really what I wanted. That's yeah. that's the experience I was looking for. I was looking for that type of of just you got to figure this out. Yeah. It could go terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or it could be, it could be awesome. It could be awesome. And yeah. it ended up being awesome. Trey, like the whole thing was, it's, the whole thing was awesome. That's not to say there wasn't challenges along the way. Cause yeah. it was with, I mean, every day there's challenges with, with weather and mechanicals and wind and, 
and uh, navigation and all that. But but that's that was the fun part, just figuring it out and overcoming it. Um, okay. And it, it, you know. It's, okay. So you so you so you leave. You're on your bike. Your wife's left. Right. Tail lights are gone. Tail lights are gone. This is real. Yep. I'm I'm doing this at this point in time. Um, you had a did you have a route? Did yes. you have routes to go all the way across country? Yes, uh, Adventure Cycling. Okay. Uh, who who created that first seventy six bike route? Okay. Um, the Trans America route. They that's a great organization, um, and they've done a lot of route uh, mapping. Okay. Um, and so I had um, I had eleven maps. I had eleven paper maps. They're, they're they they call them paper maps, but they're 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 as much plastic as paper. Yeah. You know, they're, they're waterproof. Yeah. Um, but it was you know the route I chose was the northern tier. Okay. That, that goes from Basically, uh, it stays up uh, across the northern part of the U.S. from um, from Anacortes, Washington, mm-hmm. to um, Bar Harbor, Maine, was was the was the the end point of my maps. Okay, and then I substituted three maps um, from the northern tier. Um, uh, it, it's called the Great Lakes option. So, okay. so basically, instead of going um, south. Um, below the Great Lakes, you know, I, I went north, you know, up, up above and between the Great Lakes. Okay. You know, like through, th- through the, uh, um, through the upper peninsula. Yeah. Okay. yeah and I think I, I rode it along, uh, the shores of the Great Lakes for almost 800 miles. Yeah. It was just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Wow. Okay. But yes. So I had really good maps. Okay. Uh, the maps told me where, where um, the distances between certain points, where uh, where grocery stores might be, where the you know where where bike shops were, where Ooh, where, where I could find services. Okay. Um, um, his, there was some great history on the maps. Okay. That I'd read in my tent at night, but uh, but the maps were superb. Okay. Um, as you were riding, did you have any? Do you have any goals that you were riding? Like, clearly to get home. Like, it's, it's a good right. angle. Um, <laughs> right. But, like, <laughs> were, there any, were there any, like, daily goals or anything like that? Or was it like, I'm going to get to my des- next destination. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set camp. And then, like, I'm just going to hang out and then go to the next day. Was there, was there anything you were like, I'm going to try to do this as I go? Kind yeah, of so, so I had, I, had, um, I had estimated, you know, and I, I, talked to, I had talked to a couple of people that had done something similar to this. So, so I'd gotten some, some, um, some, some, some foreknowledge, yeah. right. Some feedback mm-hmm. from them, you know, from their experience. And I had estimated about 50 to 60 miles per day. Okay. You know, on a loaded bike would be reasonable. Okay. And, uh, but I just didn't know. And, um, and so, um, so I'd kind of, I kind of had a 90, like a 90 day, you know, beginning to end. Okay. Uh, what you projected, right. yeah, okay. yeah, and I actually had a calendar um, that 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 I went through, and you know, I'd estimate where these different towns were that had services and so forth. So I kind of had a plan of I can get to this town this day, and this this town the next, and this area the next. Um, so so I kind of had a kind of a big overview, which ended up, you know. Um, uh, blowing that out of the water yeah. uh, because because I went faster than I thought I'd go. Oh, okay. You know, uh, in the end, I, I, averaged, I averaged about seventy-five miles a day. Okay. Um, and so, um, but you know, 
I really didn't have a, um, at first I had a plan, but then um, out west, the town, the towns are about, you know, 60 to 70 miles apart. And so, mm-hmm. so like when you're in Montana and North Dakota, you know, there's, there's one town that you, that you can, you can probably get to. Yeah. Um, that's 70 miles away. So, so, so I would look at my map and say, okay, you know, okay. Uh, um, the next town is, is Lewistown or Gackle or whatever. And so that's pr- probably where I'll end up. And, you know, yeah. and out West, that's, that's kind of what happens. Right. Although one day I had a nice tailwind and I ended up doing 140 miles okay. in, in a day. And, um, so, but then as you get further East, the mm-hmm. towns are a, a lot closer and, um, and, and there's, there's more regular services. So you mm-hmm. can really end up anywhere. Yeah. And so, uh, so that, that's kind of what happened, which, which was, which was fun because, um, I rarely knew where I was going to end up. Yeah. And to me, that was the best part of it. Yeah. You know, just the not knowing where I was going to be, mm-hmm. where my tent would be sitting, um, whether I'd be, you know, stealth camping behind a, a library or, a, or on a high school football field, which I did in Maine. Yeah. Um, or um, setting up my tent at 10 o'clock uh, at night in the dark, you know, um, on some ledge overlooking, you know, Lake Erie. Um, because I wasn't supposed to be there, you know, that's, that was the cool part of, uh, is just kind of just figuring things out. Um, and you know, the spontaneity was like, yeah. like, like you'd crawl in your tent at night, like, like, boy, this is cool. You know, yeah. you know I had no idea I was going to be here. So you setting up the tent, um, you, you, you figured out I'm going to camp. Okay. For, wait. Okay. In the morning, did you already, did you make a decision about I'm going to stop here? Or did you just like go by feel. I know as you said, East Coast, I, you got closer to towns. I typically, you know, had a, I always looked at my map, um, like the night before and had a kind of a general plan of, you know, if I can do 60 or 70 miles, um, you know, this is a reasonable town. If I ended up doing 90, you know, that's a reasonable town. If I ended okay. up doing 120, that's a reasonable town. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So, so, some, so I kind of, I kind of had some, some understanding where right. you might, might be willing to say, right. stop. Okay. Right. Um, now you're, you're camping. Like what's the, what's the, what's the situation you're, okay, I think this is a good place to stop. Right. Like what's the, how does it go with like, where are you going to camp? You, you figure you get to a place, you got to a place. Okay. This seems like a good place as town to stop in. Right. Like how'd you figure out where to set up camp kind of thing? So, you know, my map had all like, like, uh, like, uh, um, my map had like little tent symbols okay. where like, like where I could find campgrounds. Okay. And so, oh, okay. So I, so I stayed in campgrounds a bunch, Okay. you know, Good. and, okay. um, you know, they were, um, they, you know, I, I probably stayed in 15, 20 campgrounds yeah. and, uh, and, you know, and they were great. And sometimes they were, you know, my, my tiny little tent would be between two massive RVs and, yeah. you know, and I'd just be laughing like, boy, this is. Yeah, they're looking at me like, you know, <laughs> they're shaking their heads, but they would still invite me over and sit around the campfire and, uh, you know, I'd have a couple beers with them and, you know, it, it was fun. It was just, it was fun meeting people every day. Yeah. You know, it was, um, I've told, I've told people that, uh, it was, it was, it was more of a people trip than a bike trip Yeah. because it was the people is what I re- will always remember the most. Yeah. You know, the landscapes were amazing. Um, but it's the people and the experiences I had 
every day from sun up to sundown with kind, um, generous, helpful people that that sometimes rescued me. They took me into their homes. Yeah. Uh, they fed me. Um, you know, that's that that was the the really truly the the coolest part of the whole trip. Yeah. Um, because you weren't thinking about that. You weren't. You were just you, your original plan was just cross. You weren't thinking about. I'm going to get to see all these nice people right. or encounter, right. you know, have yep. these great interactions. Yeah, I was thinking it was, it was mostly going to be scenery and riding my bike and so forth, but, mm-hmm. but it ended up being, uh, the, the most special part about it was, was the people that I met along the way. Okay. All right. Um, is any, you, you mentioned people cooked for you. Did any meals stand out? Yeah. So, um, several, but, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one in particular. So, so my brother, uh, Paul, um, ended up, uh, you know, he's, he's two years younger than me and he, you know, he's a, he's a big rider as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he met me in Spokane. He lives in Las Vegas. Okay. And so, so he rode with me from Spokane to Great Falls, uh, uh Spokane, Washington, Washington okay. to Great Falls, Montana, about 10 days. Okay. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was great brotherly time. And, um, we rode through Glacier together and we rode through an incredible part of the country together and just, you know, camped along, you know, just beautiful rivers and lakes mm-hmm. and you know uh, you know it'll always be a very special memory for the two of us but we were riding in the rain one day um pretty much all day in montana and um it was a sunday and we get to this tiny little town in, in montana the towns we stayed in i mean they were uh, maybe a hundred people I, I, I mean really small, yeah tiny towns yeah like no like no stoplights at all of course okay. there's just one bar and cafe maybe there's a there's a um, there's a small market there's was normally a little park where we could pitch a tent um there was a fire station there was a library and there was a little like school and that was mm-hmm. it and so we get into dutton montana on a sunday night just just soaked to the bone and um and nothing is open yeah like 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 the bar or cafe that we that we really needed yeah like nothing was open there wasn't a soul in town yeah and so we found the little park and we set our tents up and uh uh we looked uh you know in our you know, in our little feed bags and uh he had a pack of nabs and i had a i had a snickers bar and we had some tea <laughs> and i remember sitting there thinking we could we could survive the night with this you know i'll make some tea and, yeah. and we'll just make these these crackers yeah. last, last a while and we're sitting there, but you know, we're hungry cause you know, yeah. we, we, we've ridden 75, 80 miles. Yeah. And, um, I said, there's gotta be something open. And so I hopped on my bike and I, I rode back into town and yeah. totally dead. All of a sudden there's this one truck comes through town. And uh, so I flag him down. I said, excuse me, sir, is there, is, is there anywhere we can find food within five, 10 miles from here? Yeah. And he goes, he goes, no, he said, not in Dutton, Montana on a Sunday night. There's, there's, there's nothing close to here. He said, I got a bottle of water for you if you want it. And I said, thank you, sir. I'll take it. Yeah. And so he said, he said, God bless you, son. Good luck. So I go back, you know, I told my brother, I got a bottle of water. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so, so we're sitting there, um, you know, drinking our hot tea and, um, our tents are up. It's Mm -hmm. still raining. And, and, uh, and, you know, 10 minutes later, uh, that same truck pulls in the parking lot Yeah. and, 
and he gets the guy gets out and he's got an armful of food. His wife made us sandwiches. Um, he he brought us carrots and um, uh, homemade pie. You know, bottles of water. I mean, it was you know, he, he walked up to us and he said, "You're not going to be hungry in Dutton, Montana tonight." And um, and he sat down with us. His name was Link. You know, he, yeah. Uh, he, uh, he was named after after Abraham Lincoln. Um, but he sat down with us and, uh, while we ate and he talked to us, it was just, it was magic. It was just yeah. one of these, like, this is, this is so cool. Right. Yeah. You know? That's, that is, that is, you know, that it, is special. Yeah. It was a regular bologna sandwich, but it yeah, was amazing. It was probably the <laughs> best dinner we had. <laughs> Hunger will do amazing things, man. That's right. Um, that's, that is, that's, I'm glad you had that experience, right. Of, of, of. I say seeing the good in people, but that's kind of that's kind of what it is. Somebody was like, I, you know, I'm gonna make sure these people right. don't starve. Right. You know, right. Um, well, and Trey, I'll, I'll I'll follow up on that because because I think that's one of the biggest things I learned is, I mean, I've always had a pretty high opinion of humanity, um, but this bike trip sent it to a whole different level. Yeah. I mean, from beginning to end, I interacted with so many people, and um, it was a hundred percent good. Yeah. I mean, the kindness and generosity of people uh, was just, just blew me away across the entire country. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then in my mind, you know, I, I wasn't burdened with, um, you know, Democrats and Republicans and, you know, and mm-hmm. news and school shootings. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't listening to the news or reading the paper. <laughs> um, yeah. my, my mind was free yeah. of all the noise that we all deal with on a, on a regular basis. And I had beautiful, wonderful, kind people to interact with every day. Yeah. And that's, you know, it was just such a gift to live like that for, you know, for two months. Why do I have a job? Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, that is, that is, that is clearly, that is awesome. Um, that is your meals, right? right? Clearly awesome interactions. Um, the camping, you had knowledge of where to camp on your map. Um, you had maps, which gave you routes. Right. Um, adversities. Like what, what were some of the hiccups that kind of happened? Yeah, so um, I got lost a couple times. Um, okay. The uh, Probably the biggest adversity was, uh, was wind. Yeah. Um, uh, I, had, I had a lot of wind, um, storms. Uh, one night in uh, Ashby, Minnesota, my tent, uh, I was in my tent and uh, uh, a storm hit at 1130 uh, that night and uh, it was nothing like I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. Like I was on the edge of a 4,000 acre lake um, and this, it was like a hurricane was coming off that lake and I was laying on my stomach holding the tent down to the ground because if I let go... Some, I, yeah, I, knew you, it, yeah. I knew it would roll with me in it and it rained as hard as it could rain and my tent was totally flattened over me and water was gushing in um, and it was cold like 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 the water was so cold and I just remember hanging on just thinking this can't last but for so long <laughs> and it lasted about 20 25 minutes I think and um, and finally it, it passed through but I had about six inches of water in my tent, sleeping bag, all my clothes were underwater. It was like, it was, it was bad. Um, 
and um, trees had come down all around me. Yeah. Uh, a, a big tree fell like 75 feet from me. Yeah. That the that the locals, you know, an hour later they were out there for an hour and a half, you know, with chainsaws. Um, but um, but it was it was a like my my tent cords were ripped, my poles were bent. Uh, it was a, it was a serious storm. Yeah. And uh, so I used my water bottle to um, to bail. Uh, my tent out. It took me like 15 minutes to, to get all the water out of my tent Yeah. and set it back up. And I had a rain suit, um, you know, pants and, and uh, jacket that yeah. I've been using that was still packed on my bike. Yeah. So I went and got that and, um, and I put that over my wet clothes Yeah. and zipped it all the way up to my chin and crawled in my sopping wet sleeping bag and I slept like a baby all night. <laughs> Because because the, the 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 plastic from the rain gear you know, kept kept the heat in, uh, so it okay. actually ended up warming me up, you know, and I was fine. Uh, oh, but it was just one of those, you know. But, but you just lay there, and um, you know, it's you had no other options, right? You know, you're by yourself, and you have this, but 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 you just tell yourself, like I told myself, this is this is just part of the adventure. You know, this is what I'm going to remember. <laughs> Probably the most fifty right. years from yeah. now, yeah, yeah, um, or yeah. forty years from now. Right, nothing, um, nothing. You know, clearly this is this is uncomfortable, right. uh, but I'll, you know, I'll be fine. But this I'll is what it's it. all about. Yeah, the, the, like this is the, the surviving and getting through is what it's all about. And uh, and the next morning, you know, there were trees down everywhere. I got my tent up, and it's still windy as hell. And so, yeah. I, by, um, so I so I tied everything to you know up so it would dry as much mm-hmm. as possible and then i got up and I, there was a bike trail i was supposed to take for the for the next um like 40 miles and i started but there were trees down everywhere yeah so i couldn't i couldn't move on the bike trail so i had to get out to the highway and i ended up staying on the highway pretty much pretty much all day wait like 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 not like 95 kind of highway like no no like that, staples mill kind of highway kind yeah, of thing. yeah okay uh, all right but you know, out west, you can, you can ride on the interstate. And um, oh, okay. in North Dakota, one day I rode, um, yeah, I rode probably three, um, 250, 300 miles on the interstate. Uh, with with uh, speed limit was 90 miles an hour. Um, okay. And I think it was I 70. But uh, it it wasn't as bad as you might think. Okay. The, the shoulder was probably 10 feet wide. Okay. So um, you had room. Okay. And um, I felt completely safe. Uh, okay. You know, one day in North Dakota, I, I think I rode 120 miles one day you know, on the uh, on I-70 with a tailwind. So and I was happy. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. It was like yeah. this is a good day. Yeah. Tailwind. It's hard to give up a tail. It's hard to give up a, a good tailwind. Um, mechanicals. Mechanicals uh, wasn't too bad. I I, I, I had three flats. Okay. Uh, one of them was a double flat. Um, okay. 20 miles outside of Fargo, which was an ideal time to have it because far, I found the best bike shop on the whole trip in Fargo and they replaced both my tires and set them up tubeless. And, um, so I had that double flat, which, which I was able to, you know, plug my tires and, and, the, and, uh, keep, you know, uh, keep going. Wait, 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 um, what kind of bike were you on? I was on a, I was on a uh, seven uh, gravel bike. It's gravel a, it's bike, a okay. Seven uh, Evergreen SL that that I actually had built um, 
by seven mm-hmm. for this trip. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was my it, it was my retirement gift. Yeah. To myself, it was like this is the bike you earned it that 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 I that I've earned that I'm gonna ride across <laughs> the country. You know, and, you know, and so I set it up, you know, spec wise. Yeah. You, you know, t- to be um, compatible with with the conditions that I was gonna face. Um, but it was set up tubeless. It was already set tu- up tubeless. It was tubeless when you were, it was tubeless when you were out riding. Okay. Set up tubeless. Um, the other, the other, um, probably the biggest issue I had was um, uh, the bike has electronic shifting. Ooh. Okay. So, which, which I love. Yeah. Um, un- until it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. there's really nothing. There's not much you can do. You know, w- w- you know, with a with a um, um, with a cable bike, you can. Yeah. You can pick up the chain and kind of move it move around. Move into the gear, yeah. But you, but you really can't do that with with the DI2 shifting. And so, so I had there was one day in Montana the first time it went out, um, I was stuck in my small ring uh, for <laughs> about three days, which wasn't terrible because there was there was a lot of there's a lot of climbing. So so, I mean I I got through it. Yeah. But um, once I got to um, Whitefish. Uh, they were able to get me going again. Okay. But then, uh, twice, twice more in, in, um, New York in the, uh, in Adirondacks and then Vermont in the, in the, in the green mountains, it went out and, and, and I actually had to cut my wire okay. and re-splice it. You know, I had electrical tape with me and I had no idea what I was doing, but I, but I knew this wire had to go here and, and, you know, the only thing I know how to do is cut the wire, splice it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you know, I called, mechanics. I called my bike shop. Yeah. You know, I, I called Brian at, at Conti's and said, what do I do? And he tried to talk me through it. And to make a long story short, I got the bike going every time. Yeah. But there was, there was some pain involved with, with figuring it out. And then I ended up having to do a 15 mile climb in the, in the green mountains mm-hmm. in my big ring. Yeah. Which, which really, really hurt. Oh, okay. Um, so more than just like the battery died, apparently. Right. Okay. Right. right. Um, uh, I have electronic shift. I'm hoping I don't have to deal with that right. um, kind of thing. So, you know, electronic shifting is great. Yep. Um, but, you know, I did question whether if I ever did anything like this again, whether whether I would want electronic shifting. Right. That's a debate. I mean, it's great when it works, mm-hmm. but when it's not working, it's it's not so great. Mm-hmm. And the bike shops you're going to encounter, at least on the route that I was, there's very few bike shops that, you know, if you say electronic shifting, they're, they, you know, they're going to go, yeah, uh, no, no, not, we do. not yeah. here. Yeah. You know, we can, we can patch a tire for you or we can do this or that or put a new cable in, but um, no thanks, you know. Right. You can't. You can't we've never even that. seen it, oh, you, know, okay. uh, you know, some of these, some of these small town bike shops. Oh, well, that sucks. Um, but other than that, that was it. You yeah. Know, um, I had I had very little problem. Okay. For okay. as many miles as I rode. Well, that's still pretty. I mean, it's uh, flats, uh, mechanical issues, uh, really bad weather occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's, you know, for, uh, I mean, I ended up riding 4,800 miles. Yep. And, it, and, you know, just think, you know, on a, in a regular year, if you ride... 4,800 miles, you're going to take your bike to the bike shop a couple times to deal with those type of problems. Sure. It's a lot of miles. Uh, yeah, anyway, so, so I, so I, f- I felt very fortunate yeah. that, that I didn't have, um, 
any serious problems. Uh, did you take chain loop with you? Yes. Okay. Yep. I loop my chain almost every day. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, because my bike basically lived outside. I mean, right. I mean, yeah. think about yeah, that's right. Like, it's getting, yeah. Like it was getting rained on night after night, day so after day. The weather. Yeah. Like, like it's just like leaving your bike outside for two months. Um, how much do you recall how much your bike weighed? Um, really the question is, yeah, how much your, all your stuff weighed, right? Non bikes, so, and like how much, um, all that kind of, how much extra so weight you total, had? Um, so I weighed it on one of my shakeout trips, mm-hmm. and I think it was about 68 to 70 pounds. With the all whole, the stuff the, on The whole thing. Yeah. So, so my bike's probably 20, 22, 23, and then there. Um, but, but then also, I did, in Montana, once I got through the, the big mountain passes of Washington, uh, and all the snow and all the cold weather, I did send, uh, I did send stuff home. Yeah. Um, I sent, I sent, you know, um, uh, in fact, I sent like 8.35 pounds yeah. <laughs> of stuff home, you know, heavier gloves, yeah. hats, you know, extra layers. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a pair of sandals, you know, that I wore that I said, I'm going to send this home to. I, I sent home everything I could send home, you know, and then I just ended up you know, having my bike, my bike shoes were the only shoes I had. Oh, you know. really? Yep. The whole time, like, are now are okay? Because I have a question. Because I hope to do some bike packing myself. Right. Um, like, were these the bike shoes that you would use on a normal gravel ride with super stiff soles? Yes. Oh, yep. Wow. Yeah. But you know, I bought a, I, um, I bought a pair of, um, I think they're CDs, uh, but they're, but they're, they're black. Uh, they. They don't look like regular shoes, but they also don't really look like biking shoes. Okay. I mean, you know, uh, and so so they almost look mainstream. Okay. You know, um, and they were really comfortable. Okay. And so so I felt great just riding in them all day, and you, know, you still had you one. Know, and then the and then going to dinner and you know, hanging out in them. Wow. Know. Okay. That's that's so, great. Yeah. That's great. That's a that's a ultimate test of a shoe. Forty hundred miles. Right. Right, just those, those but, spare. But you learn on a trip like this, less is more. I yeah. Mean, I, I, I mean, you have to have a certain amount of stuff. Yeah. To to get by and to get through, but you don't want anything more than that. I mean, less is more. The, the less stuff you have, I had two t-shirts. Yeah. Well, I I had two shirts. You know, merino wool shirts that I rode in. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a yellow one and a blue one, and then I had a black one that I, that was my going out shirt. Yeah. Um. I had two pair of shorts, I had two pair of socks, um, one pair of shoes, one light jacket, one l- super lightweight pair of pants, mm-hmm. uh, and then a rain jacket and a rain pants. And that was about it. That was about it. I mean, you know, and you learn you just don't need a lot of stuff. Yeah. And that merino wool stuff yeah. is is gold because, because it... it uh, it really doesn't keep any odors, and so so you can ride in the same shirt for four days. Yeah, and I couldn't smell it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe people around me could, but but I thought <laughs> I smell pretty good right now. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance, you know. Right. Uh, but the people were still nice to you, so it could have right. been it could have been that bad. That's right. Uh, you know, I've 
I've considered some merino wool stuff, but I just I, I think I would need to see it in action. It's great. like material. Uh, Brantley also, after doing one of his his long rides, right. I think he also was like, you should get a merino wool jersey or something like that. It's great. Um, you know, and so the, the 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 I had two pair of socks, mm-hmm. and the merino wool socks are, were gold. Yeah, because because you could you could literally wear the same socks for days and. You know, and you know they would be laying next to your face in the tent. You know, and you're like, I can't even smell these things. I mean, it's it's an amazing uh, fabric. Uh, I will have to, to it look, really is. look into it, it more. Plus, um, it dries fast. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's great. Great um, material. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about merino wool until until this trip. Until until I started watching some of those YouTube videos, it's like okay. I think wool is misleading in the name. Right. Like, yeah. Right. The, uh, and I think that's what, when I first heard, I was like, oh, I'm not going to wear something wool while, exactly. while riding. Yeah. Um, but apparently there's something different about that fabric right. or how it operates. Yeah. Um, so those are adversities that you, or you went over some adversities in, in your trip. Um, how many days for the whole trip? Um, Roughly? The total, the total days from beginning to end was 72. Okay. Um, Total riding days was 65. Okay. So, but I spent three days in Minnesota with family. Okay. Um, I've got cousins in Minnesota, which was, which was perfect because it was like, it was almost halfway. And so I got to Minnesota and I, and I spent time with my cousins and, and they, they made all these homemade pies and great dinners and I got to sleep good and, Mm -hmm. uh, Cindy flew up, um, and I got to see her for a couple days. Yeah. You know, and so it was. It was really nice spending time with family for three days. Yeah. Um, but um, but it was. But so other than that, it was. It was um, sixty-five days of riding, and three rest days, um, in there plus plus the three in Minnesota. You know, okay. Kind of the halftime. Yeah. Rest. How well did you sleep? Great. Generally, most nights. Oh, wait, wait, like. When you're out on the road, you still slept. Like oh, yeah. You, yeah, in the tent, you still slept pretty well. I loved crawling in my tent every night. I yeah. was so tired, <laughs> and and it's it's, um, you know my my you know and I did end up staying in a hotel a few times. Yeah, uh, especially when it was raining. Um, and then, you know, there's a there's an app called Warm Showers. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I got east. And because things things get more complicated when you get east, mm-hmm. uh, because you just can't camp anywhere, and uh, out west you can do anything you want. Right, no it's more one, open. No yeah. one will bother you. Um, so I stayed in warm showers uh, with with hosts six times. Twice I camped in their yards, and then four times I was in their houses. Um, but but for for people listening and and also for my benefit, can you right. explain the warm showers? Yeah, it's a it's the first time I'd ever um, used it too. Again, this was part of my research. It's um, it's an app mm-hmm. that uh, it's basically cyclist helping cyclist. It's um, and uh, uh, so so you can sign up to be a host on warm showers. Yep. Um, or you can just use the app looking for hosts, and uh, it's really great because people. Um, the people who are, you know, uh, who, who agree to be hosts, they're typically bike riders, mm-hmm. you know, they're cyclists. They're, a lot of them are touring, touring cyclists. They just want to meet people that are doing the stuff that they like to do. Yeah. You know, they, they wanted to hear about my trip yeah. and my experience. And it was great because I got to hear about theirs too. And, you know, 
you swap all these stories. It, it's just like-minded people. Yeah. But, you know, it's all free and uh, you just message them um, a day or two in advance. Sometimes I'd message them the same day, like I'm four hours, I think I'm about four hours from you. You know, is mm-hmm. there any possibility that you can host me? Yeah. And, you know, and they'll message you back and, some, you know, sometimes they'd say, yeah, come on. Or sometimes they say, yeah. no, no, it's, you know, we're out of town or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I had great experiences uh, mm-hmm. with, with warm showers hosts. But, but what I started to say was, so I had the warm showers accommodations mm-hmm. and, and some hotel, but my tent was always my favorite place to be. Yeah. And I always slept the best um, because it, it becomes like your little cocoon. It, it's like at the end of the day, it's like you crawl in, you got your sleeping bag, and yeah, and it's it, and it's normally in a pretty cool place, yeah, because it's you know it's normally in a very scenic place, you know, on the water, and um, it's just like this is this is really cool, yeah, you know, and you, and you crawl in and next, you know, and I carried like a little speaker with me, like a little Bluetooth speaker, yeah, which might have been the most valuable piece of equipment <laughs> I took because that really helps. You know, yeah. when you're when you're when you're by yourself, yeah. having some music, yeah. when you're setting up your tent or or you know, laying in your tent at night listening to music yeah. is just like like it was great. Yeah. And uh yeah, it was it um yeah, I wouldn't go anywhere without that speaker now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm I'm glad you had some some music to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you didn't, so you muse, you didn't like, let me hear the news or anything like, you, no, you no, no, yeah, no, yeah. Okay. No, it was, it was all Spotify. Yeah. Uh, you know, just playlists and, you know, once or twice, um, uh, uh maybe three times I listened to music on the bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, like at the end of the day, if there was 20 miles left, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I take my speaker out and pop it in my little, um, uh, handlebar holder, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I'd crank some music, just kind of a celebration, like, like, uh, you know, especially if there were hills to go and you yeah. know, it, it just kind of helps you get through. But, um, but I found, uh, you know, I found that I really preferred not to listen to music on the bike, Okay, you know, just because it, it, it was almost a distraction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I preferred just, just being more aware of, you know, the sights and the sounds around me. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm glad you had some some tunes. While yeah. You're, yeah. While you while you're out there, yeah. uh, you know you don't essential. You know, right. You don't think about how how good it is to to kind of listen to music. It's like oh, should I haven't listened to music in a while. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, particularly with nothing. I don't say nothing else going on, but like you know, um, were there any other parts like things that you took were like oh, I'm so glad I brought this piece of the, like this thing, or was there anything else to kind of, um seemed like just like a really awesome piece of equipment that you had with you. I mean, clearly other than just like the bike itself, it's like, this uh, really came in hand and I wasn't thinking how much I was going to appreciate this thing. Right. And, um, the, the speaker was definitely the top. Yeah. Um, what else was, was key? Um, and maybe not, maybe, maybe the speaker was like the, <laughs> end up being the most important yeah, thing on the trip. Um, yeah. No question. You know the the um, um, the other thing we talked about it already, but yeah. but you know the merino wool um, I can't mm-hmm. I can't stress enough it, yeah. is is that was such a massive factor. Yeah. Um, uh, um, the other the other 
thing probably that I appreciated every single day or most every day was my sleeping pad. Yeah. Um, I got, uh, I got a thermo rest. You know, again, this was after great research. Mm-hmm. I researched my, I researched every piece of equipment down to the, you know, uh, the nth degree and I got a thermo rest pad. Yeah. Um, and that thing was great. You know, yeah. and, you know, when you, when you blow a little air into it, it's a, it's about maybe three quarters of an inch. Uh, but boy, I'd lay down on that thing every night and just like, this is like super comfortable. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, feet, and yeah. I appreciated that. Like that would definitely be the second after my, after my speaker. Okay. Um, uh, did you, how tall are you? Six foot seven. Six foot seven. Did you get the regular? Did you get the, was there was it like a si- large. large size? Yeah. Large. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, long. Yeah. Right. I had a, I had an extra long sleeping bag. Okay. Uh, by um, by enlightened uh, enlightened equipment made. Okay. Um, so yeah, everything was everything was taller. Okay. That's great. And okay. I had a big Agnes tent. Okay. Uh, which is which is a great tent. I had yeah. The, I had the Copper Spur. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Tent. Seen that which, one. which 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 is a great bike packing tent. Yeah. Superb. Um. Uh. Yeah, because they have a um. Um. Uh, the Copper Spur. Copper Spur, oh god! And there's two others that are that they have a like a, a call it a regular version, lightweight. Right. But then there's a bike packing right. version, right? Um, yeah, and the pole, you know, it, and that's really good because the poles on the bike packing, you know, are really short. They're, yeah. they're like maybe, you know, uh, maybe ten inches, but it, but it's super compact. Yeah, super easy to put up, um, and. Uh, can withstand a hurricane <laughs> apparently, apparently so like that's the ad yeah right um uh where'd you put the bike like the the tent where'd you have that stash on the bike before? i had that yeah. on the front so i had a i had a um um uh revelate design um mm-hmm. uh sweet roll bag on the on the front of my handlebar so all my clothes were in the on the front okay um and then and then i had my my tent um, uh, hanging off uh, in front of that. Okay. And then in the back, I had a, um, a seat two bag that my sleeping bag, um, my um, my sleeping bag, my long pants, my de- my uh, puffy jacket went in that. Mm-hmm. And then my my um, my thermo rest pad was on was on top of that. Okay. And then and then I had a frame bag. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. I had a custom frame bag made that fit my frame. Okay. That that all my other, you know, all my wires and first aid kit and you know, it, you know, everything else, sunscreen, tools, all that stuff went with. Did there. you have? Was it? Did it take up the whole triangle? Mm-hmm. The whole triangle. Oh, okay. But, okay. Yeah. You know, I've got a big bike, so yeah. so it was a big bag, and so it's it was huge. great. Yeah. <laughs> and it was and it, you know, that bike packing setup uh, was was really great because I saw, you know. A lot of a lot of bike tours coming across the country, going going both ways. I, I talked to a lot of them. Everybody's got the panniers. Yeah, you know the the, the mostly the Ortlieb panniers, mm-hmm. you know, front yeah. and back. Yeah, and um, I had more of a kind of a uh, bike packing, you know, kind of a almost an off road bike packing design. Yeah, and but boy, I was. Um, I could ride so much faster than they could because yeah. because I because I was much more aerodynamic than they were with my frame bag with my with my right, seat bag going off the back yeah um, yeah it was I was much more sleek you know going through uh, you know than the than they were okay um, it's a great bike packing setup 
Uh, and I still have to figure out mine. Well, it, it, when this potential bike packing happens, I still have to figure out like what's the best setup for right. me to use on 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 my bike um, at some point. So I may may call you about yeah. such things. Yeah. Um, what would you want to share about like if someone's like interested in doing like a similar like a right. ride across country? Like, what's some of the 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 tips that that you, what's some of the stuff you want to share about like? If someone else is showing like an interest in, in doing a cross country ride, right, kind of thing. Well, I think you know, uh, learn as much as you can before mm-hmm. you go. Um, mm-hmm. Having good maps is is critical. Um, you know, I think it. Um, uh, you know, just just deciding to do it is the biggest thing. You yeah. Know, just just you know, making the decision that's something you want to do. Um, and then, and then just being open to, you know, just being open to the experience. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that's probably the biggest part of it. Once you start is, is you just have to, you know, you just have to just take it as it comes and you, you have to leave all your expectations behind in terms of, you know, your mileage, your distance, your, you know, uh, because you just don't know what's coming, but mm-hmm. that's really, that ends up being the beauty of it. The spontaneity and, and going into the unknown and, uh, you know, you may have, you may think you're going to get 70 miles in and you end up getting 30. Yeah. I got 30 one day. Yeah. Um, just because I had terrible headwinds. It was 106 degrees. Um, and, um, and the, the, the flies were biting me all day. It was, it yeah. was horrible. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, I just said, yeah, yeah, I can't, you know, I can't ride anymore today. Yeah. So, but you know, just having that kind of mindset that, that whatever comes is is you know you'll deal with it is good. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I think talking to people, um, I talked to several people that had done trips like this. Yeah. And um, and learn from them. Like I said, YouTube is an invaluable. Yeah. You, you can learn so much um, by watching those videos. Yeah. And. Um, and then, um, and then just just enjoying it, just just mm-hmm. having fun. Um, that that was the you know, like every day was just an adventure. Yeah, and it was just a magical adventure every single day. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I mean, no, that is amazing. I, I think about the the few days that I get to go. Well, not the few days I get to go ride. But the days like I know I've got a ride today and I've got a ride tomorrow and like there's nothing else I need to do right. kind of thing and just expanding that out right. for just like a month you yeah. know kind of thing. Well, well, you know the other thing, Trey, is I wasn't sure how it was going to go for me physically. Yeah. Because you know I'm not a young guy. I'm I'm, I'm I turn 63 next month, and um, I've done a lot of riding, but you know this is this is <laughs> it's, a different it's a different, it's a different deal. <laughs> And yeah. so I, I wasn't sure whether I was going to be, you know, laying in a ditch after two weeks, you know, yeah. you know, uh, um, just looking for a escape hatch. Yeah. Um, but it, the experience was so good and my body adapted, yeah. uh, incredibly well. And yeah. I got in like the, like the last, like after Minnesota, yeah. um, like the first, the first week or two I, I had a saddle sore which i'd never had before yeah and that that, that hurt for uh, you know a, yeah. good, a good six it's days not, yeah, to, to get yeah. through that um 
and then my legs, you know, were sore getting through all the mountains. But once I got past Minnesota um, and had that three-day rest with my with my with my family, um, I think I rode 21 straight days after that. Yeah. Um, and I think it was uh, I think I did like 1,900 miles. So I was I, I was doing nearly a century a day. Yeah. Um, and I could have done. You know, I'd get to the end of a 120, 130 mile day yeah. and I, my legs didn't even hurt. Yeah. Like, and I'd never experienced anything like that. Yeah. Like never. He's a, he's and it was like, um, it was like, boy, I could, I could do another 50 miles and, and I'd never experienced anything like that. But your body just, your body adapts like, um, and that was a huge surprise. Um, how much weight did you lose? Not much. Really? Not much. Okay. Uh, maybe five pounds. Really? Wow. Be, because I, I ate burgers every night and uh, I drank okay. beer every night. <laughs> and there were only two nights that I didn't drink beer. Mm-hmm. And both of those nights really pissed me off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, you know, it just wasn't available. Yeah. Uh, but, but it, you know, you know, and, you know, uh, me and my buddies, you know, have always equated, you know, bike riding and, and, and drinking beer as, as two of the best things in the world, you know, and, you know, Ben Franklin had a quote is, you know, he said, he said, beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I believe that. And yeah. so, um, but it was, but it was very, it was very special for me every day to end at a bar or cafe because that's, you know, that's where I right. was most of the time. There was one bar or cafe. I'd go into the, to the sit down at the bar with, you know, five or six other cowboys yeah and you know order a beer and it's like oh this is heaven yeah and uh so many times you know i'd start talking to them and uh, uh so many times you know they would buy my beers they'd buy my dinner um that happened all the time yeah they just said you know what you're doing is pretty cool you're not spending a dime here so you know we got nice. you so nice so really cool but 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 i ate pastries and donuts yeah. and Snickers and like I ate everything I wanted to eat. So you the whole you way across. You weren't you weren't shy of calories or anything. No, right? I wasn't shy of calories at all. I, I, I figured I was burning about six thousand calories a day, and um, and I felt great every day. Yeah. You know, eating whatever I wanted to eat and drinking whatever I wanted to. Uh, yeah, I, you know, two or three beers every night. It was yeah. just it was like this is awesome. Yeah, I mean, if you're burning that many calories. On a regular basis, yeah, as, as right. you said, your, your body's just like, yeah, I'm going to burn this right. too. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm going to use this as fuel. The challenge is when you get home. Ah, right. You, yeah. can't, you can't do that. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, this, this sucks, oh. you know? When you got home, right, was there something like, I really want to eat this? Like, I assume you, you had a beer or yeah. beverage, right? Yeah, well, the sweets, you know, I, you know and I'm, uh, I've got a sweet tooth. Yeah. So donuts and pastries and yeah. pie you know because I, I i'd have a big piece of pie at you know for lunch or or dinner and it was like it, it, you know, i didn't think twice and yeah but when you get home you can't do that yeah yeah um you have to you have to go on another long ride again yes yeah. <laughs> just right. just well, like and, and, and that alone is a good reason to do a ride like this. <laughs> you can just buy all the pie and donuts that you want that's um right. that's right I would be eating pancakes all the time. That would be my right. my, my yeah. Achilles heel. Um, <laughs> um, so I will keep all that in mind with, with or, or I should say, hopefully people keep that in mind if they're thinking of, of doing a, a similar trip. Um, and it sounds like you would do it again. 
Oh, I would do it again. Yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah. It was. It was. It, it was the greatest. I mean, other than my family, you know, and the, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, and I and I would lay in my tent at night just saying the same thing, like this is the best thing I've ever done in my life, and um, and I still think about it all the time. Yeah. You know and. And the, the weird thing is, or, and it's a great thing, is um, recovering from this hip surgery. I've, you know, I've laid awake a lot at night, you know, not being able to sleep. Yeah. And, and I've thought a lot about this trip. And I can, I can see it so vividly in my brain. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I can see the people's faces. I can, and I can see the towns that I went through. And I can see the restaurants that I was in and, and the campsites that I had and, and, uh, the, what it, 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 it's, it's still so vivid and rich yeah. in my memory. And, um, and I hope it stays that way because it's, you know, it's just such a great, uh, gift to be, to think of, you know, to think of, of that ride, yeah. uh, like that. And, um, so, so that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad you got to, to, to have that moment. It's a, um, I mean, clearly awesome writing, right? But anytime somebody can have a thing that's just like, that was just a, 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 a special moment, special time, and to be able to relive it, you right. know, for your, for yourself, right? right? That right. is, um, I'm glad that you're able to, right. to still do that. Yeah. Still, yeah, to yeah one of the it. coolest moments was, so, um, the executive director of Sportable, mm-hmm. um, is, uh, uh, Hunter Lehman. And mm-hmm. so, and he's a Randolph-Macon guy like I am, and uh, you know, really great guy. That, you know, and the organization's great. And Cindy, my wife, um, um, uh, at the time was the director of development uh, for Sportable. Okay. And, uh, and so, so she and the Sportable team, you know, uh, we turned this into a fundraiser, mm-hmm. and um, and they really did a superb job. Created a website. You know, I had business cards. You know. Um, uh, that I handed out all across the country. Yeah. I posted every day on Instagram. My kids taught me how to do that. And the followers kept going up, but yeah. And then, but Hunter came up and rode the last 50 miles into, uh, because once I got to bar Harbor, I rode 300 miles down to Boston Yeah. because seven, the bike manufacturer mm-hmm. that built my bike, yeah. they were in Watertown just outside of Boston. And, um, so I finished at their plant Okay. and they had a champagne and ice cream party um, for me when, when I arrived nice. and all the people that built my bike, you know, all the craftsmen, the painters, the welders, yeah. they all came out, you know, and participated in this big party and they saw the bike and they asked me how it, you know, how it, you know, uh, you know, how it handled and yeah. it was really cool. But, but we were, we rode into Boston that day, um, having finished the 4,800 mile, uh, 4,800 miles. Yeah. And with a, Total fund uh, uh, fundraising of one hundred forty four thousand dollars to Sportable, so that wow. that made it just that's like, awesome. Like this is the best, yeah. You know, and I'd set a goal of a hundred thousand um, dollars, which a lot of people said that's a big goal. Yeah, and I said it's a big goal, but um, but we ended up just just really having great success, and a lot of you know a lot of my biking buddies and a lot of people you know, yeah followed me and contributed, you know, to that, to that success. And so, um, 
So it's just it's just a blessing to, to to have a ride like that, to experience that, and to 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 contribute to such a great organization that that really helps helps a lot of people. Yeah, um, I'm glad you had the support. Yeah, um, but also that you were able to use that adventure um, to the benefit of others. Right, right. You, right. you have yeah. this. Awesome That's memory. what made it really right. really special. Yeah, like, I mean the the ride is great, but but if you can take the ride and make it bigger than yourself, right. where where it will help other people down the road that's you know that's that takes it to a whole nother yeah. level um that's great i'm sure it's really supportable is is is, is cool and grateful um i'm certain of that that's fantastic um thank you um and that's a story of the ride um this is completely off subject. What is your middle name? Because I skipped it. Oh, um, Thomas. Thomas. Thomas, okay. named after my, my wonderful dad. Okay. His name is Thomas. Um, I realized like halfway in, I did not ask your middle name. <laughs> and that is like my right. terrible segue into like, I just like uh-huh. icebreaker. Let me ask your middle name. And right. I did not ask. Thank you yeah. for telling me, Thomas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, do you have any more bike packing planned? Yeah, with with the, so, the Cooper, right? Yeah, we, with okay. Cooper, yeah. Okay. But but you know, now that I've invested in all the, it, right, you got you all know, the I've got all the stuff. Yeah. Like I've got like I know how to pack my bike. Yeah. I've got the tent. I've got the bags. I've got I've got two bins, uh, in my garage, mm-hmm. with all my merino wool clothes. Like yeah. Like like I could I could go home now, and within two hours I could have that bike packed up and ready to go. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so. That's the other thing is is once you once you educate yourself as to what you need, you get your gear, um, th- then it's it's it, it's going to be easy to go now. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be looking for every chance I get. And, okay. And my goal this year really is is to um, I've identified um, uh, quite a number of rails to trails. Okay. And and that's what I want to do this year. Okay. And you know, a lot of them will be you know overnight. Okay. Um, and so. So, so I'm going to be doing a lot of bike packing on rails to rails to trails this year. Okay. Some with Cooper and some not. Some with other buddies and okay. you know, uh, Cindy will go with me on some, and you know, hopefully I can convince some of some of our buddies to go with me too. Okay, um, I'm glad that that you already mentioned Cooper. I'm glad that the um, I'm going to call it the colossal Trans American trip didn't drive your interest in in like doing the the easy bike having the, the one two day right packing kind no, of thing right not at all okay not at all you know and i i do think i want to do another big epic trip some, yeah somewhere you know um, like multi-week mm-hmm. um yeah so but i haven't uh, i haven't pinned that down yet yeah um but but traveling by bike mm-hmm. is a phenomenal experience yeah and um because uh, you know it's you learn a lot about yourself mm-hmm. and you learn a lot about life yeah. uh, at the same time and and you're living outside basically yeah and it's it's you know it's it's a it's a great experience and so yeah it's it's how I want to live you know going mm-hmm. forward okay um, I think I have to get over the living outside portion <laughs> <laughs> well, well you know, you know? Um, I, no, I gave a talk when I got back, um, yeah. and you know I put up um, there was a slide that said the elements, and it was you know wind, it, 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 snow, and heat, and bugs, and, and you know I said, uh, I, uh, um, and I asked, I said, 
what do you think the hardest uh, or the toughest element was? And uh, so they all guessed. Mm -hmm. What would you think the toughest element would be? I mean, from from beginning to end, the the, the natural with, element. I want to go with the wind. Bugs. Really. Bugs. Yeah. Man, I had a pack of. I mean, there there were bugs from you know, especially when you get. But but I was around a lot of water. Yeah. Um, from North Dakota, all the way to Maine. Um, but I had a pack of probably sixty to seventy horseflies buzz buzz my head mm -hmm. for at least 50 miles one day and they didn't bite me but they yeah, were in my it. face and <laughs> mosquitoes i saw mosquitoes as big as you know yeah bluebirds in, <laughs> in, in in canada and oh man and, you know um i mean i would i would set set my tent up swatting mosquitoes and oh, oh man it okay. was uh, but deer flies and horse flies and gnats and mosquitoes and it was con it was constant bugs bugs yeah great now yep. another thing to concern about um, <laughs> but I I'm aware there's bugs outside right um and and that is a I need to can I need to sleep in my tent which I have a tent now I've not slept in it or even been it but I I think that's a that's a hurdle I need to get over of just do I feel safe in my tent right. from you know our bugs gonna to crawl into the thing right. Uh, but again, I need to do some some shakeout stuff right. when it gets yeah. it's warmer. Yeah. Um, but either way, thank you for reminding me that bugs are now <laughs> an, an ongoing concern outside of wind and rain. Yeah. In, in fact, I my my rain suit that I've talked about, I use my rain suit more for bugs than I did for rain. Really? Yeah. Because because I'd get to, especially in Minnesota, North yeah. Dakota, and Wisconsin, and Michigan, there, there's so many so many mosquitoes that I'd get to my camp mm -hmm. site and I'd immediately. You know, put this thing on. Put on my <laughs> my rain suit, you know, so 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 the mosquitoes couldn't you couldn't, bite couldn't you. chew me up. Oh my gosh! Okay, um, but but I also, you know, there are some people mosquitoes like more than others, and I'm one of those people. Yeah, you know, they you know, people you know, I've always thought people invited me to picnics just because <laughs> you'd attract. Just them. because you know, I'm like the bug zapper. You know, you know, take this hot dog and go over there and, and enjoy yourself. <laughs> You have a skill right um what else would you like to share about your writing let's go with that just in general like who you've done the epic thing but like yeah, other so, things about your you experience know, in general riding you know um riding bikes for me has in my life has been a, a real blessing um you know not just because it's it's helped me keep healthy and fit and motivated but it's the it's again it's people you yeah know? you know like like you know you yeah know, with rabbit and group rides and your your riding buddies are what makes are what makes bike riding yeah the best yeah. you know riding with people and the friendships you develop um, and you know the the yellow jersey century I talked about before I met so many people through that ride that yeah. that have become lifelong friends yeah. and and everywhere I go on every ride I, there's people I've that I know and and have ridden with and I just that's that's the best part is just you know riding bikes brings you relationships uh, lifelong relationships that are really close yeah and um, there's something about people that ride bikes that that they that, you know everybody feels how we're all so happy when we're on bikes but when <laughs> right. we're together mm -hmm. we're, we're even happier mm -hmm. and so that's the that, you know that's been the best part of uh, I mean 
the, the bike has kept me motivated. It's, yeah. it's taken me to amazing places all around the country mm-hmm. um, and the world. Um, but it's, 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 it, it's the people that I've ridden with and have met and are still the closest friends today that, 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 that have made it um, uh, exceptionally a great experience. Awesome. Um, I'm glad that you've clearly been enjoying your, your time riding and mm-hmm. will continue to enjoy yeah, yeah. your time riding. Yep. Yeah, I don't plan on ever ever stopping. <laughs> um, well, uh, Dan, I'd, I'd like to, to thank you for, for coming and, and sharing your story and the epic rides and give me a new fear of bugs while camping. I could talk about um, this all day. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, and so, yeah, so, so thank you for your time. Thank you for... Uh, uh, thank you for doing the fundraising and, and helping contributing to Sportable. So that's that's awesome, man. Um, but yeah, um, I, I thank you for your time, man. And, well, uh, thank you too. I thank you for for what you're doing with this podcast. I know it's it's time consuming for you, but you know to get stories. You know, I've been listening to your podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the episodes. I know a lot of the folks you've you've, you've talked to. Yeah. And and, uh, and I'm learning a lot. But 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 thank you for being such an advocate for for cycling. Uh, in this region well i enjoy the chat so um you know it's going well it's a labor of love at this point um but uh but thank you dan and i appreciate your time great